0: God, I pray that today would uh, just be a blessing, continue to be a blessing for us here, Lord, that we would not leave unchanged, but more like your son, Jesus. We ask this in his name, amen. So I wanna just uh, give you a a one thing to think about. I've got one thing for you in the next week I need you to remember. Many of you said you would put it in your calendar, but I don't believe you. Uh, And so I'm just gonna reiterate it again. Next Sunday night at 6 p.m., we're going to have a Convergence Worship Night. Two churches are going to worship together at 6 p.m. at Real Life Church down on Glebe Road. Both of our worship teams are going to do stuff together. It's going to be a time for us just to get before the Lord, write it on your calendar, and be there. It's just going to be a good time. The body is one in Christ, correct? In one, we are, we are one. And so this, uh, the name of it is Convergence because uh, the streams are coming together and just uh, worshiping together because we worship one Lord and one Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, in uh, 1940, Sir Winston Churchill addressed the British people in these words Death, I want to I say it like him, but I can't. Death and sorrow will be the companions of our journey. Hardship. Our garment, constancy, and valor, our only shield. We must be united. We must be undaunted. We must be inflexible. Winston Churchill, in light of World War II, what does it mean to be undaunted? We're finishing up this series, and we're, we're walking into a series on Habakkuk, Um, where we're going to be talking about when life around us isn't going as we think it should. But this week we're going to focus on when life hits us hard, what will be our response? How are we going to respond to that? How can we be undaunted or work towards being undaunted? How can you right now be unfazed by things around you? And so I don't have a three-point sermon, I've got about a 25-point sermon, Uh, and so we're going to go through the scripture together. Turn, please, to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. For many, this might be a very familiar piece of scripture, and it's going to help you to look through it and see what it says, but um, we have the story of Jehoshaphat, and as you're turning there and getting into scripture, Jehoshaphat was known as be one of the better kings, but he wasn't... a a person much like all of us who did everything right so in this part of scripture he's coming off of having uh, married into the family of Ahab and Jezebel uh, uh, just wonderful people and he also fought in a war and wore the traditional garments with King Ahab and many think that Ahab was putting him out to be killed during the war but God protected him and so uh This is a story just about Jehoshaphat. In verse 1, it says this. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Munites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazanan Tamar, that is, in Gedi. So the first thing, the first bullet point, if you would, is uh, we're going to look at this historically some, but I want to make this very practical. Okay, so hear that. I'm not going to burn a bunch of history into you today. I like doing that, but I really would have this, that today this would be practical for you right where you are in whatever enemy that you're facing, that you will be able to face it uh, with certainty. So the first thing, the first bullet point is identify Your enemy. In your life today, there are enemies. Now, I'm not saying to throw people's names in that, but there are things that we carry. There are things that are out there. And and oftentimes we tend to displace that and we don't want to identify it. We don't want to say what it is because it means we're gonna have to do something with it. Am I the only one who's like that? You know, and so it's there, we all know it's there, the people around us know it's there, but. It is important that we identify the enemy. Now, a little bit of history. The Moabites and and the Ammonites, they came out of an incestuous relationship with uh, Lot and his daughters. It's a horrific story. And so these are the enemies in in Scripture that literally the Israelites came through and they side-skirted from conquering them. They sort of went around... And now we get to a time when they're coming against the Israelite people, the Israelite camp, and they're looking to destroy them. So let's make this very practical, sort of head, heart, hands thing. If you don't identify the enemy and know what it is and have a strategy to pick it apart, to name what it is, down the road, and you pick it up later, it is a bigger problem. It never works to punt, except maybe in football. In the Christian walk, when you punt your problems and refuse to identify them, you are saying that you don't need to deal with them, that you can side skirt like the Israelites did, the Ammonites and, and the Moabites. And, and look, this isn't to say those are all, all those people are horrible. We know that Ruth came out of Moab. So, like, there's, there's, there's a lot to say here. But if you don't identify the problems in your life and, and, and just write them down and come up with a strategy, you certainly won't meet it in the field of battle. Winston Churchill identified the problem. It was easy to see. Hitler had invaded, right? They had a problem. They had to face it. And they had to be... Undaunted in that issue, you and I have to do the same thing when it comes to the enemies in our life. We cannot pun. So, before we can win our battles, we need to know who the enemy is. Verse 3 Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast through all Judah. So, the first part there it says he was afraid. So the second point I'm going to say is don't be driven by emotion. It's impossible to say we're emotional creatures, right? And so Jehoshaphat was afraid, but look what he did. He was honest and say he was afraid, but then he set his face to seek the Lord. So our emotions are real. We can be afraid of it. We can identify the enemy, and that can scare us. We're all human. But we have to identify it. Don't be driven by emotion. Think of the potato and the egg. Don't fall apart. Don't get hardened. But be like coffee and aromatic to those around you when tough times happen. 2 Timothy 1.7 says it like this. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control preach it. He gets it. He gave us a spirit, not a fear. So when we fear things apart from fearing the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. When we fear the enemy out there, when we just go, it's scared and we don't do anything with it. We don't rush to the Lord. We punt. We're led by emotions. We make emotional responses and those emotional responses literally often get us in trouble. You with me? They get us in trouble. They they get into us. I I was telling a few people this week, I have a propensity to see a problem. I have a propensity. I I pick, I see problems coming. I anticipate not every problem, but most of the problems. and, And I can usually get it pretty right. The problem with Eric, Eric's issue is I rarely anticipate God dealing with that problem before I ever get there. I just, it's just like God really just spoke to me. It's like, you know, uh, my son, I can just hear him speaking. You, you think this is really good and it is a gift that I have given you, but what you have failed to do is anticipate my answering that problem. With my grace. That was a little Eric devotional this week. I just thought I'd share with you. God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power. And power and love and everyone's favorite self control. Often when you identify a problem, the love and the power are dictated by your self control and how you deal with that problem. Whenever our, we lack self-control, we have issues. So look in verse 4. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So they didn't just, um, Jehoshaphat didn't just pray. He did one of those high priestly prayers for all the people. He prayed for the nation, but the nation came out and said, this is a time that we need prayer. And so they all came around. All the cities, all the tribes came out. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. So, what's the principle here? Remember past victories. Remember past victories. When the enemy, you identify the enemy, and they had the Ammonites coming up. They had the Moabites coming up. They had the people of the mount coming up on them. They were outnumbered. It was bigger than they could handle. They saw it. They identified the problem. They were fearful, and they went to the Lord. And then they remembered, man, Lord, this is is not too much for you. Remember when, uh, in in the Seder feast, there's this thing called De'anu. It said it would have been enough. And the the Israelites recite this at the Seder meal. And it's like, it would have been enough if God had just released uh, the people from Pharaoh. It would have been enough if he had taken them to the sea. It would have been enough if he had parted the, the sea open. It would have been enough if he had let the people cross over. It would have been enough If he had destroyed the enemies there in the sea, it would have been enough. If he had delivered them from the wilderness, it would have been enough. It would have been enough. They recall and recount all the goodness of God. And folks, when the enemy is at your gates, when he's at your face and you're identifying him, it is a good time to turn to the Lord and remember his goodness. And here's another thing. I can sometimes get caught up in this situation and not remember the multitudes of time where God has answered. It's like somehow I've made it to 49. Somehow. With all my stuff and all my problems, God has brought me through. He is faithful. He is faithful. saved my father when I was probably about one, changed my dad's life, you know just you you just begin to recount all the good that God has done God gets bigger and what does the enemy do smaller to identify know who the enemy is don't be emotional about your response for a long period of time take your problem to the lord Remember past victories. Verse 7. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they had lived in it and had built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster come upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine we will stand before this house and before you for your name is in this house and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. they are saying really that God, you are sovereign. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be sovereign. Things don't have to be everything the way I want it for you to be sovereign and good that we're gonna stand in your temple and we're gonna recount your goodness and we're gonna say you are God and I am not and we're gonna trust you in this. Verse 10 says, and now behold the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive out of your possession which you have given us to inherit. Verse 12. O our God. Will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes upon you admit you need help. You see the enemy, you identify the problem, right? You know it's there. You don't get over-emotional in your response to it. You run to the Lord. You seek help. You admit you have a problem. You, admit, you say, I cannot do it alone. And later it says, uh, verse 13, Meanwhile, Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Matania, a Levite of the son of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly, and he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. He was talking to everybody. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be, what, <laughs> afraid. Now I'm going to have a quiz here. Student response. How many times is be not afraid said in the Bible? I know someone in here knows. Boom. Boom what does that correlate to 365 times be not afraid what was jehoshaphat he was afraid what do we get afraid we're human right be not afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. In essence, you need God's help. You cannot do it alone. You have to identify it. You cannot be Lone Ranger Christian. You can't do all this stuff. You need God's help. And at the same time, he says, do not be afraid. John fifteen five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he... He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So let's just, I'm going to stop for a second here, and I'm just going to propose something. Let's say I have an issue with telling the truth, okay? So let's just say it real. I'm going to say I'm a liar. I want you to counsel me thus far on what you've heard, on what I should do step one what should Eric do if he has a lying problem don't punt right. acknowledge it yeah I need to say it right I am a liar alright now that I've said that I've confessed my sins before God I'm good and I can go about my way right no so what I confess, I know my issue, then what? I confess it, I can be forgiven from it, absolutely. Then what? Ask God for help, seek others for help? What did someone else say, I missed it? Turn away from your sins, right? But we need help with that sometimes, right? We can't just do it alone, right? So if I know I have a lying problem, You all might know it, but be afraid to say it to me. I know some of you won't have a problem with that. (laughs) Ask God for help, right? Accountability. Uh, And then then what do we see um, that the, the, the people did? They fasted and they prayed together, right? Yeah. God, you brought me through this. You brought me through this. You brought me through this, and you name your game right now. You brought me through this. You brought me through this. Certainly, Lord, you can help me with my lying problem. And then that's when I'm going to need to bring others alongside of me. Because, frankly, I believe it's almost a proven given that rarely can a Christian deal with things on their own. I just feel like we're meant to be in community. We're meant to do this life together And we need to confess our stuff And we need to bring it to light So that we can identify the enemy And and hit the problem in the head So uh, the next thing Verse 16 It says this Tomorrow go down against them Behold and this is the enemy They will come up The ascent of Ziz You will find them at the end of the valley East of the wilderness of Jeruel My point here Go to battle. Show up. If I have a problem with lying, I have to go to battle with it. I have to put on the armor of God. I've got to show up to battle, right? I've got to be ready. It's not like Jehoshaphat said, hey, look, God gave me this word, and he's going to take care of the problem. We can huddle in our huts and just hide and wait because he's going to take care of it. Now they had to show up. They had to be ready for battle. And next they had to stand firm. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, and we hear this again, right? Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. You have to show up. You have to be ready to do battle. It doesn't mean this, uh, uh, this sort of lame, um, I'm just gonna be there, God, and you're just gonna have to do this, that uh, God is everything and I am nothing. He is sovereign, so he's gonna take care of everything. I mean, we can all fall into those traps. We have to come ready to do business. And I love Romans where it says, the kindness of the Lord brings us to repentance. So if you have an issue with lying or you, you name your issue, it is not so that you will feel less than and defeated. It's so that God can show himself great in delivering you and you don't have to punt anymore. And people around you don't have to, to pay for your punning things down the road. And it's just not going on and on and on and becoming a horrible egg or a potato that's falling apart. We become more like Jesus Christ. This is what this story is showing, the deliverance of God's people, and I believe individually it's showing us that we can have deliverance in Jesus if we follow just sort of a battle plan. The battle plan of sitting and waiting for it to get better does not work. Someone like to stand? how they just waited for 20 years for something to happen and did nothing to it? I mean, there are very few instances where that happens. But we have to face the issue. The next part is the most beautiful part of this, in my opinion, and the most counterintuitive part to me as a person. The first time I read this, I did not get it. Or at least the first time I read this deep. So I'm sort of a military guy, right? And y'all watch those Civil War movies and reenactments? Who wants to volunteer for the drummer and the flag bearer in one of those joints? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. That, you know, you're gonna die. Especially Civil War style because all they did was face each other at X amount of yards, and But listen in God's economy, and I know many of you have heard this. I'm not claiming to find anything new here, but hear this part if you didn't hear most of everything else. Verse 18. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem." Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast Lord love to endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Jerusalem so that they were routed. We talk about worship here. I just asked you all to come to a worship night and for some I think on a mental head level goes oh that's a nice thing to do. Maybe, you know, if there's not something else, the weather's not too nice, or if it's not this, or if it's not that, or if it's not that, maybe I'll go. But just imagine, the biggest army threatening us is encamped around us, and God says the prescribed method is to lead with worship. And imagine if you bring, whether today to communion or next week to church or next Sunday night to worship, you come prepared, identifying the enemy in your life. You come acknowledging that you can't do it alone. You come saying, I'm not going to make an emotional response to this. I am going to fight this on a spiritual level. I am going to trust God in this. I'm not going to do it alone. I am going to worship. I'm going to show up. I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to praise God and I'm going to count on him for deliverance. There might be some who have for years carried a burden and carried a weight from the enemy that God might say, my son, my daughter, it is finished. It's finished. We have here a beautiful story of God's people Scared to death, encamped by the enemy, and yet trusting him. Where are you with being not afraid?